We are. We are. We are cultivate. 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 We are cultivate. School shootings are sadly a news article and tragic event which we're all becoming far too familiar with. Um, but what has to be going through the mind of a 16-year-old high school student for them to take a 22 caliber rifle and open fire on an elementary school, killing two and wounding nine others? Is it the result of being introduced to guns at a young age? The product of teenage angst gone awry? Was it a psychiatric disorder playing out in the form of fatal violence? Or was it simply because Brenda and Spencer did not like Mondays? Welcome, fellow creeps, to this week's episode of Horror House. My name is Amy. And I am Dom. And I tell you what, if I could reach through this screen or those headphones that you're wearing, grab you by the cheeks and plant the biggest of wet slobbery kisses on your mush, I would, because that is just how grateful we are that you're here. Um, Dom, I'm going to take this moment as you're sipping your tea to ask you how you are. <laughs> I'm good. Um... I did wonder where you were going with, with that, when you said reach through the screen and grab your cheeks. I was yeah. like, okay, this, this As is going in a direction. As I was reading it, I was thinking, does this <laughs> is this verging on assault? Am I threatening to assault our listeners and, and viewers? But no, it's it's a nice threat. It's assault, but it's you know it's a nice assault. It's a friendly assault before it got such yeah, a bad yeah. It's been a good week. You have got a new job. Ha ha ha! I have got a new job. Although, yes, if Amy you do work with me, job. I don't believe it's public knowledge yet, so shh, don't tell anyone. Um, <laughs> yes, I have got a new job. It's very exciting. I will be starting it in January, so yeah, it's, it's good. It's good. Yes. It's a hell of a, hell so, of a stress off. Because, believe it or not, viewers and listeners, this is not our full-time job. We actually have, you know, full-time jobs as well as doing this. We're just so dedicated to bringing you quality content that we decide to work essentially two full-time jobs in order to do it. Yes, um, absolutely. Unfortunately, this I don't get paid to to sit around and record a podcast um, as much as I would really like nice. that. I don't have as exciting news in, in the world of Dom as a new job. I have outlined a few new episodes that we are very much looking forward to to talking about we were talking about it before we turned the mics on um so that's mm -hmm. very exciting um little like so. sneak peek behind the scenes of how it works over at horror house dom is incredibly prepared and has like two or three <laughs> episodes planned in advance i plan my episodes usually on the day that we record them um, <laughs> and i have this long list in my head of things that i'd like to cover but in terms of actually sitting down and doing the work and outlining them, it tends to be last minute. Um, so it's if it sounds rushed, yeah. it's usually because it is. Um, <laughs> to be, but I've got ADHD, so I'm allowed. To be honest. It's fine. <laughs> Playing the ADHD card. Nice. Um, yes, I have to. It was undiagnosed <laughs> for a very long time. Now that I've got it, allow me to play it. Um, I mean, to be honest, I don't know if that is more... I don't really have a life um, outside of the show. <laughs> that that looked really horrible. I'm just sitting here like, yeah, no, you're right, you don't. Right. But to be fair, I don't really either. So yeah, I I spend the free time that I do have generally just like staring into the abyss, questioning my life choices, and that takes up a good chunk of my yeah. time. So I do that a lot, and then immediately panic on the morning of recording and think, shit, I need to outline something. Um, and I pluck <laughs> one of the random ideas that I've had floating around in my head, you know, for months. That I could have done months ago, but didn't because I was staring into the abyss. And I very quickly write down an outline and then I hit record and here we are. But you still smash it. Um, well, so, you know, wing and a prayer. You know, um, it kind of, <laughs> it's kind of, kind of reminds me of my, uni days and my good habits of, of starting a 2000 word essay 48 hours before it's due and still ending up with like a 2-1 somehow yeah hey <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> <laughs> Calm diamonds are made under pressure 
Exactly. Uh, do you know what? We're just constantly coming up with new merch over here. And that, <laughs> that would be perfect. Diamonds are made under pressure. <laughs> and serial killers are the result of childhood abuse. Yeah. Speaking uh, of school, in a very roundabout way, um, Don, what do you know about Sprenda? Sprenda. Brenda and Spencer. Brenda. Do you know anything about her? Um, one, I that I do realise that that was a very strange segue into this into this episode. Um, Thank you. And two, um, I, I I don't know anything about this woman. Um, in Good. fact, the I, I told you um, when we were messaging last night. I I I legit stared at that photo on the teaser post for a good few minutes very intently yeah. and I got nothing so see I was I was quite careful with the teaser post because if I'd have posted a picture of her at the age when she committed the crime I think it would have been really obvious um I think she's more recognizable then so I didn't it was quite strategic um so I'm glad that 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 kind of worked but she is essentially well, she's literally been described in a documentary um, that is on Amazon called I Don't Like Mondays. So if you, you know, are short for things to do after you listen to this, go check it out. It's, it's really good. Um, but she's been described as the grandmother of school shooters because we're talking like 20 years before Columbine is when this event took oh, place. Wow. So she's very much, um, I was going to say ahead of the curve, but not in a good way. Like, you know, she kickstarted something that was is not a good thing to kickstart. Um, yeah, yeah, and it's interesting because she is obviously a woman, um, and very young, sixteen, um, and just a little statistic that I pulled out of the interwebs. Um, okay, this took place in 1979, but between 1982 and 2023, I don't know why I said it like that. That's a really weird way of saying it. Um. 2023 um there have been 145 mass shootings in the u.s um in schools which is a ridiculous number like that is just that's crazy an insane amount of school shooting but only four of those so four out of 145 were committed by women so she really was like the first of a, a bad curve um so i just thought I'd, yeah. I'd chuck that in before we get too far into the case yeah just bear that in mind as yeah. we as we go through. She kickstarted something, um, like you say, that didn't really need to be kickstarted. It's not a good you know, thing and to, and look, I don't be the grandmother of. No, um, and I mean, look, I don't like Mondays, but there are other ways that you can you can express your distaste for Mondays. Exactly that. Exactly that. On that note, um, and seeing as it's Wednesday. Shall we dive in? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Delightful. Um, Brenda Ann Spencer was born on the 3rd of April 1962 to parents Dot and Wallace Spencer. Um, she lived in relative poverty with her father, Wallace, um, after her parents had divorced. And their home was located opposite the Grover Cleveland Elementary School. Um, their living conditions were incredibly far from adequ adequate. Um, as Brenda and her father both shared a single mattress on the living room floor. She also had two brothers who shared a room as well. In um, Her father was an alcoholic and the house was often found covered in empty bottles. Um, Spencer would later claim after her incarceration, um, spoiler alert, she gets incarcerated, shocker, um, that her father had abused her both sexually and violently, um, which her father completely denied um he's always denied that he ever hurt her in any way of course by age 16 brenda was described as a quote pretty crummy looking young girl um by her classmates she stood at about five foot two and was quite underweight and had a very very long head of red hair wore glasses um she also identifies herself as quote gay from birth so wasn't necessarily going to be the most popular kid in school at the time, me. No, <laughs> no, bless her. She, she's. There's a lot going, not not going her way on the popularity contest front. 
on that one? No. I'm, I'm going to say this now, um, before we get too far into her crimes. She, as a 16-year-old, I personally think she's quite pretty. Like, she's mm-hmm. she's not unattractive, but I think I'm assessing that based on today's standards of beauty. Like, I don't think that in this day and age, people care as much if you wear glasses. Yes, I may be slightly biased yeah. in that particular area. Um, but I don't think they care if you wear glasses. I don't think they care if you've got naturally red hair. In fact, quite a lot of people would love to have naturally red hair. Also, don't take from this yeah. anything biased. Um, but, you know, <laughs> it, it's not as bad as it used to be. And, and being tall, well, not she's not that tall, but being, you know, quite skinny isn't a bad thing anymore. Whereas maybe in 1979, it wasn't seen as the greatest thing. So she was maybe bullied back then. Yeah. Maybe if she'd have been a 16-year-old in this day and age... Not that I'm saying, you know, people with red hair don't still get bullied, but maybe it would have happened a little bit less. I don't know. Yeah. I don't think personally. Basically, all of that is a roundabout way of saying that I don't think she was particularly crummy looking, quote unquote. Um, But, you know, who knows? She was a bit of a weirdo, so maybe that was why. Bit of an outcast. Yeah. And like you say, it was a different time. Um, Very different time. You know, around, around there, you know, around that time. You know, if you had glasses, you probably would be bullied a bit. Um, yeah. If you looked a certain way, you probably would be bullied a bit. So. Yeah, exactly that. Um, she was a keen photographer and showed promise in this area. She actually won first prize in a Humane Society photography competition. Um, however, despite her talent, um, or sort of artistic talent in that area, she was generally pretty uninterested in school. Um, she didn't really like any other subjects. She attended Patrick Henry High School, um, where she was often found to be dozing off to sleep during her classes. One of her teachers said that he quite often had to wake her up in the middle of a lesson. It was found out much later in her life, again after her incarceration during sorry, after her incarceration, during medical testing, that she actually had an injury to the front frontal lobe of her brain um, that was potentially causing her to to fall asleep. It gave her epilepsy, which they were aware of. Um but they hadn't done a lot of research in terms of what else that might cause. And it turns out that, you know, falling yeah. asleep at times you don't want to be falling asleep could have been due to that as well. Um, yeah. It was, that injury was as a result of a bicycle accident some years earlier. Neighbours claimed that Spencer had a history of petty theft, um, of drug abuse and of truancy. She was often seen in the neighbourhood causing trouble, generally not being a very good girl. Um in early 1978, a staff at a facility for problem pupils, which Spencer had been referred to due to her truancy from normal school, um, informed her parents that they suspected that she was suicidal. Um, yeah. That summer, Spencer was arrested for shooting out the windows of the Cleveland Elementary School, so the, the elementary school across the street. She shot the windows of a of that school with a BB gun. Um, and took some things from within inside the window, so she was um, referred for burglary as well. And in December of that year, a psych eval- start again, a psychiatric evaluation um, arranged by her probation officer recommended that Spencer be admitted to a mental hospital due to her depressed state. Unfortunately, this did yeah. not happen um, because her father refused to give permission for her to go, which is interesting yeah i mean he doesn't sound like father of the year from from the very from the brief mm-hmm. brief things you've said about the man he doesn't seem like he's a particularly capable father no i'm not sure a good if, person i'm not sure why as a professional or if there is a professional telling you that your child needs help yeah psychiatric help that you would turn around and go nah be right as as bad as it sounds, it's probably because he don't he can't abuse her if she goes away. Yeah, I mean there is that. There is also another idea that maybe again, we're talking about nineteen seventy nine. So I don't know if there's like this idea that if someone is sent away to a psychiatric institution, that follows you for the rest of your life. Like that's a a maybe. stigma against you that yeah people are always going to remember so maybe he didn't want that for her maybe he was just trying to yeah. avoid that part of her history i don't yeah. know it's i don't know there's a few reasons i guess but yeah i think yeah. generally yeah. if 
if a like I say, a professional is saying your daughter is suicidal, this is what's going to help her. There's something wrong if you're saying, well, no, I don't want that yeah. to happen. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's a very odd red flag right there. Yeah. Um, It was just a few weeks before Christmas um, that Spencer reportedly bragged to her classmate that she was going to, quote, do something big to get on TV. For Christmas that year, in 1978, um, her father Wallace gave her a Ruger 10-22 semi-automatic 22 caliber rifle with a telescopic sight and 500 rounds of ammunition. Interesting choice as a Christmas gift for a 16-year-old girl. Jesus Christ, yeah, yeah. Now I feel a bit shafted that I never got anything that big for Christmas. <laughs> yeah. God damn it. I mean, it's... <laughs> I got an action man. What the fuck? <laughs> I don't really know what I got when I was 16. I think I maybe got like uh, an iPod or something. But I think if my dad had rocked up and gone, here you go, Amy, here's a rifle. I mean, let's be honest, I probably would have been quite excited because, I mean, it's a rifle. But yeah. it is still a pretty weird present. And I, and I well, I think like, now obviously, um, obviously <laughs> we're not American. Um so no just in case that wasn't what gave it away um (laughs) so like i think as well to me that's just a very american thing like that's probably why it's very yeah we can't really imagine getting that for christmas at 16 um yeah that's a good point Um, american listeners american friends tell us is this as weird as we think it is to me, that's a very yeah. odd present for a sixteen-year-old girl. Yeah. Over there, is that a bit more normal? Like, is that quite? Yeah. Is that done? You know, because um, because because it is because odd. obviously we, yeah, and and obviously we, when people say that, you know, we don't have guns here, we do, um, mm-hmm. but they're not as accessible as they are in America. Um, no. no. So, you know that that whole scenario of getting a a big fuck off gun with all these accessories um as a, as a gift just wouldn't happen here that's probably i mean that's that might be why i'm a bit like i can't really wrap my head around at 16 getting a rifle that's not a, yeah. <laughs> that's not the very british thing <laughs> yeah it's simply not cricket um no it is <laughs> it's definitely definitely odd um I think it came as a bit of a shock to Brenda as well. Um, Spencer later said, quote, I asked for a radio and he bought me a gun. Um, When asked why he asked, sorry, why he might have done that, she answered, quote, I felt like he wanted me to kill myself. Well, you can't do that with a radio, so this is awkward. No, no, that is true. That is true. I mean, you probably could do Um, it with a radio, to be fair. For for all we know, that could have, that could be a reason, I guess. I mean, it could. You'd like to think it wouldn't be. I think. Yeah. So again, watching the documentary, there is interviews with the father. Um, first yeah. one he's done, in fact, um, since her incarceration. And his reasoning for buying her the gun was because she had the BB gun, which then obviously got taken away when she shot in the windows of the school. Um. And he would, he had taught her to shoot, you know, he would take her up to the mountains and they they do target practice and, and hunt a little bit. Um, but, you know, they would do that kind of thing. So I guess he kind of thought that at 16, that would be a good time to, I, I don't know, maybe nurture that interest a little bit and, and have that as a a bonding thing for them. I, I don't know. Maybe. It's, it, he, maybe. The way he puts it is very much like, it made sense. She hadn't asked for it, and he admits yeah. that she hadn't asked for a gun, but he wanted to have that, you know, yeah. that sort of time with her and take her to the mountains with her gun. So yeah. I think there is probably a less sadistic reason Nefarious. as to why. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, he, it was genuine. Actually, she has a different way of painting the relationship between them and therefore... It's easy for her to say later on, oh, well, I think he wanted me to kill myself because he was horrible to me, you know. Um, 
Yeah. We, we might never know his reasoning for buying the gun. Um, but whatever the reason was for that particular gift, um, and as she already had an interest in guns that had developed at 16, um, it would be this Christmas present that would be the start of a chain of events that would change the course of quite a few people's lives um, forever. Yes. The morning of Monday, January 29th, 1979, um, would look to be no different to any other winter day. Um, but it was on this day that Brenda would open the window of her home and begin shooting at students and faculty of Grover Cleveland Elementary School. Why? Oh, so, so she she didn't go to the actual school, or she just began in her home? No, she lived across the street, the so she didn't need to. She lived across wow. the street. Um, so she, yeah, she didn't need to go anywhere. She just opened the window and started firing. Okay. Um, but yeah, why? Why? Why would you do that is, I think, the main question. But before we have a think about that, I think now might be a good time for a little break. And when we come back, I'll, I'll tell you all about it. What do you reckon, Dom? That sounds like a good plan. Yes. I, I, I agree. Sweet. Cool. In that Sweet. case, we'll see you back here in just a few. Amy says if we record an advert, she'll put it on her podcast. But I don't really know what to say. You're an idiot. Yeah, I know. Tell them what it's called. Talking Till the Joy is Gone. Tell them where they can find it. All the best podcast platforms. Tell them what it's about. What do you mean what it's about? It's only the greatest fucking podcast on the face of the planet. <sighs> this is fucking annoying. Just go listen, people. It's called Talking Till the Joy is Gone. You'll find it everywhere. But ladies, listen responsibly because we will make you wet. Hello and welcome to Hell No, a true crime podcast with your host, Lauren Lucio. Come hang out with me every Friday to catch new weekly true crime episodes. If you're new to Hell No, then there are many episodes to catch up on, such as episode 70, which features three different mysterious hotel deaths from around the world. The first case covered in that episode is a tragic and bizarre whodunit. The coroner and detectives almost missed the clues that pointed to the killer. Had it not been for a private detective hired by the deceased man's wife, this case would have had a totally different outcome. I can guarantee you won't guess what police missed. Find this episode and many more at Hell No, a true crime podcast, wherever you get your podcasts from. Or head on over to Hell No underscore a true crime podcast on Instagram and follow the link in the bio. Thanks for listening and see you there. Welcome back and thank you for joining us for part two of this rather shocking tale. Dom, how are you doing? Have you finished your tea? Are you having, are you comfortable? Is everything okay with you? <laughs> um, I mean, if I had a better chair, I'd be more comfortable. There's a reason why I've got two pillows because I mean, one I've got, I've I've got no bum, so I've got no cushion there. Um, so I've, I'm having to to soften it a little bit with with some pillows. But I have drunk my tea, so that's not cold. So yeah, good news. Sorry, I, I think news. there has been a mistake. I did just ask that out of politeness. I didn't really care. But, okay. I'm glad well, it was good on your side. Well, you know, you should remember that, that I'm the one who edits the episode. So. Yeah, well, yeah, that's true. And that's why everyone <laughs> hates I, I, I thought you were going to be like, that's why, that's why the episodes aren't as good as they should be. I thought you were going to be really horrible with that. No. That's why everyone despises me. That's why Deborah's grinding my gears in the comments. Yeah. Yeah. I go I go out of my way to, to make Amy sound horrendous and make myself sound amazing. Just yeah. so Deborah can have a little pop. Well, joke's on you because I make myself sound horrendous all the time. <laughs> 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 yeah, she doesn't need she doesn't need me to help with that. I'm a fuck up all on my own. Um, <laughs> she, the, shall we record, talk about listeners? I don't think Amy's horrendous. I'm only grinding that gear. Thank you. I'm, I'm not horrendous. I'm just subpar. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Brenda yeah. is having. 
not a good day. She has opened her window yeah. and done something that, I mean, I don't even know why you would do something like that. Um, but the day is Monday, the 29th of January. And Brenda has begun shooting at adults and children alike at the elementary school across the street. Um, she shot at people as they were waiting for Principal Burton Rag to open the school gates. So obviously they were all standing outside the front of the school, which was directly in front of her home. Um, she injured eight children. Um, the first one being nine-year-old Cam Miller, um, who she later said she targeted first because he had committed just the worst crime you could possibly think of, which was wearing her favourite colour. He had a shirt on that was her favourite colour. It was blue. That was her favourite colour. So she shot him first. Okay. That sounds reasonable. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about a completely 100% sane person here, clearly, yes. if that's the case. Absolutely. Um, a nine-year-old, just to, you know, really have that home. Spencer shot and killed um, Principal Rag as he and teacher Daryl Barnes tried to help children the way um she also killed 56 year old custodian mike sucher i think is how you say his second name um as he tried to pull a student to safety um the first responder on scene a 28 year old police officer called robert robb um had responded to the call and was also injured during the incident um he was shot in the neck um and he did survive but obviously wasn't ever working as a policeman again yeah 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 basically had his career ruined as a result of it as more police arrived on the scene as they very quickly did considering um action was needed to prevent further casualties um police rather quick thinkingly commandeered a nearby garbage truck um which was driven into spencer's line of fire parked on the street between her house and the school um and that alone was the only thing that stopped her from shooting um Obviously, you can't shoot through a garbage truck. So the children were being evacuated yeah. from the back of the school while she yeah. essentially had a garbage truck put in her line of fire. Um, all in all, the shoot- shooting spree itself lasted 16 minutes, but killed two men and wounded the people, eight of whom were school children. Yeah. A relatively quick shooting spree um, in comparison to some others. But the following siege um, of her home had only just begun. Um, Spencer barricaded herself in her home um, and quite quickly found herself surrounded by SWAT teams and emergency negotiators. Um, Obviously, she was still armed and no one had any idea how much ammunition she had. So they couldn't take the risk of entering the property, even though she had no hostages. They obviously didn't want her to injure herself. um, So negotiators were employed. While barricaded in the house, a reporter from the San Diego Union Tribune, who had been randomly dialing numbers in the neighbourhood when he heard about the incident, managed to get through to Spencer on the phone by somehow randomly getting her number right. He spoke to her for a bit um, and she told him that she had shot at the school and adults because, quote, I don't like Mondays this livens up the day which i think is arguably wow. not the quote that she's most remembered for um also yeah. just a side note right i used to be a journalist and that technique is fucking genius of just hitting random numbers until randomly dialing numbers that were associated with that street until you got through to the right house i mean it is yeah no it is it is to be fair that that is some some good quick quick thinking um you want the exclusive absolutely that's pretty fucking exclusive yeah 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 um and for him relatively safe not for her she might have turned the gun on herself when she realized she was speaking to a reporter or she could have done something terrible it was incredibly irresponsible yeah but for him pretty safe like all you're going to do is talk to her on the phone and you might get what ended up being the quote that pretty much sums up this case from it and you've done it because you randomly dialed the right number yeah that's a that's a pretty um crazy quote as well like absolutely um and you know like i said i i I haven't hadn't heard of this case i didn't recognize the the photo i didn't realize that the song was you know sort of inspired by by this quote um yeah 
and we'll get onto the song in a minute. Yeah, but but yeah, that that is an insane quote. Um, it like just so casual as well. Just like ah, Mondays are boring, so I pretty did this just much, to spice yeah. it up a little bit. Like that's insane. It's also pretty much the only reason she gave, um, has ever given, really. Um, she's not ever tried to explain her actions any further. Yeah. Um, she she's gone as far as to say things like, "I don't even remember it happening. I think I was blacked out." Um, I think it was the product yeah. of drinking alongside epilepsy medication. She's given a lot of different reasons as to, I guess, more yeah. how it happened, but nothing in terms of why particularly. It's literally just, I don't know, Mondays and all she's really ever said about it, um, which is pretty, you know, terrifying when you boil it down to that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, mm. When the police asked why, why the school, um, she went on to tell the negotiators that the kids and adults outside the school were easy target um, and were in her line of sight and therefore easy to shoot. Despite her threats to, quote, come out shooting, um, Spencer did eventually surrender peacefully, reportedly after being promised by negotiators a Burger King meal. So there you go, power of Burger King is ending siege situations. See, I'm pretty sure I've heard burger king being used before um as like a as like either someone said that they wanted to like go past burger king um like i think you might be right you know, I'll, I'll i'm pretty sure that has come up somewhere because I, I i'm sure i remember either watching some something about true crime case or listening to a podcast about a certain case and they mentioned See- like the cops, the cops went to Burger King on their way to the police station or something around those lines. In my head, and this could be completely wrong. So if anyone's particularly up on this documentary and, and knows that I'm being either right or wrong, let me know. But I'm pretty sure they got Brendan Dassey, you know, from Making a Murderer, the Stephen yeah, Avery yeah, yeah, yeah. case. I, I'm yeah. sure there was something about Burger King with him. That they bought him a Burger King and he like confessed partially while eating. But I'm I mean, sure there might... was something like that. To be honest, that might. Be I, I might I'm have completely of... made that up. Yeah, yeah. I might have completely made it. Up. It's um, but apparently the confession getting siege ending fast food chain of choice yeah. is Burger King. In case you're ever in that situation, yeah. which hopefully none of you will be. Um, she... so grab yourself a whopper she... because a siege is about... down. I was. I was about to say she just want she just wanted a, a double cheese XL. Uh, that's yeah. what she wanted. I she just wanted a. Now. I do like Burger King. Oh, oh! So many Lord. times Their we'll we'll do bites. an episode. So good. And I'll come out of it. Considering what we talk about, <laughs> which sometimes is like <laughs> mutilated bodies, like you know, uh, necrophilia. Some of the stuff we talk about is absolutely yeah. disgusting and. Nearly every time we finish recording an episode, I'm like, I really fancy this. And it turns out to be like Burger King or KFC. Yeah. Yeah. Which is concerning, really, isn't it? Quite often we'll stop recording and we'll both be like, man, I really fancy like a a box of nuggies and a cheeseburger. (laughs) I don't think anything compares to the time we were talking about, um, I forget his name, but the acid bath killer. And we were talking about how he made like the sludge out of the bodies with the acid and it would just go yeah. to like this sludgy thing. And there's me sipping on like a bright red smoothie at the time. I don't think anything is yeah. ever going to compare to that. <laughs> but no. yeah, no, I do generally come away from our episodes hungry, <laughs> which is definitely not a good sign of my mental state, oh, I don't think. dear. <laughs> now I just want a Whopper, to be fair. We've been talking about Burger King. Right, now and their chili cheese bites are so good as well. I want me some chili cheese bites. There was a point in time where Burger King did mini pancakes as a dessert, and they were incredible. What? I miss them so much this day. So Burger King, if you're listening, if we've said the words Burger King enough that we're now attracting Burger King ads, (laughs) please bring back the mini pancakes because they were were so good. That would make me so happy. Thank you. (laughs) And plus, it might be another way to end, you know, hostage situations if you brought back the mini pancakes. So if you could do that, that'd be great. 
Um, I'm, I mean, if if there was ever a good sort of um, way for, for Burger King to, to advertise themselves, they could literally just be like, mate, we legit end hostage situations. Like, we capture we're, where criminals. everyone just wants a Burger King. <laughs> yeah. like, I don't think so Burger King. If it do you know what? This tangent that. has gone on. <laughs> we're, we've properly gone on a tangent now. But I don't think Burger uh, King would be my takeaway of choice if I was in that situation. If you're going to get me to give up essentially my what? life, like if I'm going to willingly let myself go to prison for the rest of my natural born days, then I'm going to need something that isn't a Burger King. Like, I think I'd need something a bit. Unless it was a Burger King off of Channing Tatum's dick. I don't think it's going to, you know, do anything for me. (laughs) Jesus. (laughs) And even then, I'd still consider it, you know. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean. Put some onion rings on there and and we've... (laughs) Now we're talking. Let's talk. (laughs) You know, send him in and then I'll come out. (laughs) With the... What what would be your takeaway of choice then? I know that I know that we're drawing this out now, but know. now I'm intrigued. We what are would, drawing this out. What would it be? Um, <clears throat> I mean, it's no secret that I love pizza, so mm. potentially that. But then, do you know, a Nando's. I think Ooh. maybe a Nando's. Okay, yeah. A Nando's might no. be a siege breaker for me. Okay, I get that. Um, I. Fucking love the Domino's cookies. It does. But like the Domino's cookies, they they could be a siege breaker for me. If someone was like, I've got your two boxes of Domino's cookies, I'll be like, Okay, let's 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 discuss. Let's let's talk. (laughs) I think it also entirely depends on how hungry you are. That's fair. We have analyzed this quite enough now. This tangent should now be drawn to a close. (laughs) So (laughs) <laughs> on that note um due to the seriousness <laughs> due to the seriousness of her crimes um spencer was tried as an adult despite only being 16 um she pleaded guilty to two counts of murder and assault with a deadly weapon on the 4th of april 1982 the day after her 18th birthday she was sentenced to 25 years to life in prison um While she was in prison, she, as I mentioned earlier, was diagnosed with epilepsy and received medication to treat that alongside medication to treat depression, which, again, she was diagnosed Mm -hmm. with as she had been previously. Um, Under the terms of her sentencing, Spencer became eligible for hearings to consider her suitability for parole in 1993. Um, Since that point, she's had many parole hearings. Um, They're pretty regular, but thus far has not been successful. at her first hearing in 1993, yeah. Spencer said that she hoped police would shoot her um, during the course of the siege or that they would have reason to shoot her um, and that she had been a user of alcohol and drugs at the time of the crime, although the results of the drug tests done when she was taken into custody had been negative. There was no um, drugs or alcohol in her system at the time, despite her saying yeah. later that that was the reason that she'd done it because she was hallucinating. Mm, okay. Obviously, a 1993 parole hearing was denied. Um, At a 2001 parole hearing, Spencer claimed that her father, at this point, this was when the allegations of abuse came out. So she claimed that her father had been subjected her to beatings and sexual abuse. um, And she just hadn't told anyone up until this point. You know, she hadn't had the the sort of courage to be able to do it. And that was one of the things that she was undergoing at the time um, of the shooting. Her father has always denied this. Um, he, particularly in this documentary, Days on Amazon, um, again, not sponsored, but um, he goes into detail about how that just wasn't true. Um, they told him that she had said it during her parole hearing um, and he is visibly shocked that it had, you know, okay. come from her. Okay. Um, so it's... It's a difficult one because you never really know what goes on behind closed doors, but I don't necessarily think. If you had to ask me my opinion based on the two sides of the story, my opinion would be that she was maybe saying it in the hope that it would grant her parole. Um, I don't think it necessarily was the case. He fought to have custody of her um, and her two brothers and, you know, tried his best to raise them. Yeah. So 
Yeah, I don't. I don't really know. Yeah. That being said, that being said, Dom, because what are we over here at Horror House if we don't have a little bit of scandal? Um, <laughs> I will give you said bit of scandal. Um, there is reason to believe that Wallace Spencer preferred a younger lady. And the reason I say that okay. is because when Brenda was first incarcerated, she was incarcerated with a young woman who I believe was called Sheila. I'm doing this from memory, so if that's wrong, I do apologise. Sheila. Um, who is the same age. Um, so Sheila hadn't done anything as bad um, as Brenda, so was eventually let go from juvenile detention into a halfway house, as is generally mm -hmm. the case in these um, situations. Because Brenda had been her cellmate, she was aware of where she had lived beforehand. And obviously, I think everyone was aware where she had lived beforehand because it was quite big news at this point and opposite a school. So everyone kind of knew. Yeah, yeah. So when it turned out that the halfway house wasn't particularly nice, as these places tend not to be, um, Sheila yeah. went to find Wallace Spencer, Brenda's dad, um, in the hope that she could stay okay. there. Yeah. Um, he did take her in. But at the very tender age of 17 that she was at the time, he also started her relationship with her and got her pregnant. So Brenda's now stepmom is a year younger than her. Yeah. Yikes. So yikes, yikes, I guess yikes, what yikes. the reason that I tell you that story is because he's not adverse to being with a much, much, much younger woman. Yeah. Um I was going to say that I misjudged Wallace at the start, and I may have jumped to the gun a little bit too early on that. Mm. He sounds Look. like, even though, even if he didn't abuse Brenda, he still sounds like he's a bit of a dirty dog. He's a bit of a slave. He's, he's yeah. not. Um, I don't know. You know, make up your own mind. As I say, if you do get a chance to go and watch this documentary, have a little look at it. It's It's a good one. It covers the story really well. And they do speak to both parents. They speak to the families of the victims. It's it's really, it's a good in-depth documentary. And make up your own mind. Personally, I think something fishy might have been going on, but I don't think it would have been enough for her to, you know, flip that switch in her mind that you shoot elementary school children. Yeah. You know, just because something bad's happened to a child doesn't give a child the right to then go and inflict it on other people. That's not how yeah. these things work. Um, but, yeah. you know. Form your own opinions. It's it's not up to me to to influence you in any type of way. The parole board said that as she had previously not mentioned anything about these allegations um, at any point, you know, during the interview process, during previous parole hearings, at which point she'd had quite a few, um, he doubted their veracity. So again, parole was denied. Um, in two thousand and five. Yep. A San Diego district attorney cited an incident of self-harm from four years earlier um, when Spencer's girlfriend was released from jail. Um, and he cited that because it, he said that it showed that Spencer was psychotic and unfit to be released. Um, that particular incident of self-harm um, included Spencer scratching the words courage and pride um, into her own skin in runes. However, she did later correct that in a parole hearing, saying that although she had carved two words into her um, into her chest, the words were actually unforgiven and alone, um, not courage and pride. Not that okay. I think it particularly matters when you're carving runic words into your own chest with a hot paper. No. Ooh. <laughs> Ouch. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't think it matters. In 2009, the board again refused her application for parole um, and ruled that it would be 10 years before she would be considered again. Um, in August 2022, Spencer and the Board of Parole Hearings agreed that she was not suitable for parole and that she would not be eligible for another hearing for another three years um, as a result of this parole suitability denial. So... She remains imprisoned currently in the California Institution for Women in Chino, and her next opportunity for a parole hearing will be next year in 2025. Um, I haven't done the math, um, but I think that will make her 46-ish. I don't know. Uh, that might yeah. be wrong. 
Um, but yeah, she's obviously a lot. Um, how? So go on. Like, how many? Because I I don't know. Like, how many parole hearings can you have before you exhaust all of your parole hearings? Surely she must be close to like using up all of her sort of chances. I don't know now. if there is a limit. I mean, she was sentenced to twenty five to life. Um, and she's very much serving the the life part of yeah. Um, now, but I think the whole point of having parole hearings is looking at your ability to be back in public, um, yeah. and to be back as as like a meaningful part of society. <clears throat> so, again, I keep referring to this documentary, but you know that's where I got a lot of my research. Um, she you see her in one of her parole hearings that the cameras get to go into it. And, and she talks about how she's learned to drive a forklift and, and she's, you know, trying to get sort of practical, uh, practical skills that she can use in the real world so that she can get a job. Um, yeah. But when you're also doing things like self-mutilation, self-harm, yeah, and when your original crime was so- shooting children, because, quote, you don't like Mondays, which, again, is still to this day the only explanation she's ever given to do that as for doing, you know, she's she shows remorse now. She didn't at the time, but she does show remorse now. But in terms of a reason as to why she started doing it, that is the only one yeah. she's ever given. So when you take that yeah. into consideration, should this person really be a part of society? Yeah, probably not. I think we can safely say that nothing good comes out of a shooting of any kind, but particularly a school shooting. Um, However, this did inspire one good thing, just one, which we have already mentioned. Um, The story caught the attention of one Sir Bob Geldof, who was not a sir at the time, but is now. Um, At this time, he was the lead singer of the Boomtowns. Spent a statement that she did it because of her hatred of Mondays, really struck a chord with him. Um, and he wrote a hit song about it, I Don't Like Mondays, um, which stayed at the UK number one spot for four weeks and was actually number one in over 30 countries um, in July in 1979. Um, however, unsurprisingly, it wasn't particularly popular in San Diego where it was banned from being played on the radio for yeah. probably quite obvious reasons. Geldof later said... Um, that Spencer had contacted him, thanking him for writing the song as it made her famous. However, Spencer said that she had never written anything to him. So, I don't know which of those is true. I think because of his fame, you'd be inclined to be believing Bob Geldof, but also, he's a bit of a prick, isn't he? So, I don't know. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. <laughs> Like, I mean, he's great, obviously. No one's denying what he's done for, you know, the third world, like the amount of money he's raised for charity. That's all yeah. great. But sometimes, when even despite all of that, you're still just a bit of a dick. So, yeah. I don't know. Is that just something that he'd say? Yeah. I'd... Yeah. I don't know. I don't know who to believe on that one, to be honest. Um, I like how you know, because... Bob Geldof is so much of a dick that we're like, mm, this you know school shooter she might be more believable here <laughs> i mean like um, i suppose you could say that um because of i don't know maybe because of who 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 spencer is she she just said that that never happened um maybe where you know whereas may, maybe a musician is more believable um i don't know mm-hmm. i don't know who knows who knows? But Who knows? go back and listen to the song. Um, I don't like Mondays by the Boobtown Rat. Have a little listen to it with this case in mind. And suddenly it's not just about, you know, the Monday 9 to 5. This ain't Dolly Parton. It's, um, you know, it's, it's has a lot more meaning. So I'd recommend it. Oh, giving. Dolly. Um, Absolutely. But great. that is the case of the Grover Cleveland school shooting and of Brenda. Brenda. Dom, give us your thoughts. What What do you think about this case? It was an interesting one to to listen to, um, a little bit different to episodes that we that we've normally done. Um, obviously, this is the first sort of episode that's centered around a school shooting um, that we've ever done. Um, so, 
you know, it was it was different, um, but it was very interesting, one that I'd never heard about. And I didn't know that sort of this happened before, you know, all the all the school shootings that we know about, you know, like Columbine and, and, and others. I thought that there wasn't a school shooting before, you know, the ones that we all have common knowledge about, you know, were, were happened. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, was, don't get me wrong. There were school shootings before this, you know. They they were, um, they happened, but this one caused such a stir. Um, partly because yeah. it was a sixteen-year-old girl. Um, partly because of yeah. her response and the you know her reasoning as to why she did it, but also because it was just such a media phenomenon. You know, it it just yeah. took off and. I think as a result of that, they do. Even when you, if you go online right now and Google timeline of school shootings, it's it really ramps up after this point. And we're talking twenty years yeah. before Columbine. Um, you know, it took place. It so it, it's difficult to say that this didn't have an impact. Um, and like I say, yeah. you know, she's referred to um in the documentary as the grandmother of school shootings, and I think there is probably a reason. Yeah. So. It's a difficult one, and there is something quite, quite chilling about her, even oh, yeah. at sixteen. You know, you see the pictures of her being led away in, in handcuffs and, and that sort of thing, and there's just no, you, you know, when you look at a person, you can see that there's no remorse. You you can see yeah, that yeah, yeah. she doesn't care about what's happening or, or what she's just done. Um, you can you can, there's just something about it that gives me the creeps, and I don't say that very often. No, no, you do not. Um, and and also, you know, it's interesting, I suppose, in a morbid way from from our point of view, because you know, as I alluded to um, before before we went went on break at the end of part one, um, this doesn't happen here. And I'm not saying that to say that we're superior. I'm not saying that to to start something you know, of, of, oh, but in England you have knife crime and in America you have gun crime and all this other stuff. This is so sort of alien to us that mm-hmm. I think it's it's it makes it interesting for us to talk about it because yeah. we're just, you know, it doesn't happen here, um, you know, yeah. and... I mean, it does happen, you know, just not as much. Like, I mean, yeah, Dunblane yeah, is yeah. a good example. Thank you to a, a friend who reminded me of that case this morning. Um, but that is, you know, that happened. That's the here. last and school I think shooting, that's... though, wasn't it? Like there hasn't been one since Dunblane, has there? Definitely not in as big of a scale. I don't think. Um, I think Dunblane killed about nineteen, um, which for us yeah. over here was was huge. Um, essentially, Dunblane is like our Columbine in terms of school shootings in the yeah, UK. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think there has been some others. In fact, I'm sure there has been at least one other. Although, where you might be right, you might be right. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I usually am. <laughs> but I'm, like, I'm referring just, to me. It's, not... it's UK UK cases, so we're deferring to me on it. Um, but I'm, I'm pretty sure there has been one since then. But I don't think it's. Yeah. In my head, it's I've just got not there was another common. one, and it killed eight. Um, but yeah, I can't yeah. remember which one it was. So if you know, tell yeah. us in the comments. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's it's but definitely it's, it's not just not common that we here, hear is it? About a lot you know, over it's... here. It's not. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And gun and, crime and isn't Dunblane. as common over here. It just—it's just the case. No. It's just harder to have and own a gun in the UK. Yeah, and that's as simple yeah. as it is. You know, whether that's right or and wrong. And Dunblane was—we're not talking about that. What we're talking about is the fact that it's just harder to commit gun crime here. Knife crime is huge here yeah. because knives aren't as yeah. difficult to get hold of. Um, but gun crime yeah. is us considerably lower. And Dunblane put in a lot of that, didn't it? Like, so a lot of stuff changed after Dunblane, didn't it? Oh yeah. Like of how easily yeah, how easily it was that you could get guns. Yeah, and and that is you know one of the things that we are quite good at, um, in UK law is that when something like Dunblane happens, laws change pretty quickly. Like if it's evident as to what yeah. has happened and what's gone wrong, things change. Yeah, you know. I mean, I don't want to bring it up because I don't want to get attacked in the comments again. But even 
since Lucy Letby was found guilty, you know, there are a lot of things changing in UK law around that case and around, you know, the care of children and and the conditions of hospitals Mm -hmm. that care for children. So we are quite good at, you know, making things happen. Yeah, 100%. Cool. Well, in that case, Don, there's nothing left to do but see us out. See us out. Um, Thank you for listening to this week's episode. I said a little bit of a different one. um, And hopefully we don't get a load of comments being like, oh, you're British. Why are you talking about American school shootings? Um, I mean, whatever. Um, But it was, yeah, it was definitely an interesting episode. Um, One I'd say that I didn't know about. Um, So, you know, in that on that front, it's always nice to hear about cases that I'm unfamiliar with as as much as this was not a good case um, and it should never have happened. Next week, we are, uh, or I'm going to be talking about a case that I'm very excited to talk about. Um, It's pretty insane. um, And the the capture of this person um, was caught on video and was actually on the TV show Cops. Um, so it's, yeah, it's a very interesting episode. (laughs) Very interesting. Um, but her, her capture was not in the way that is, is conventional. Let's just say that. Um, but I'm very, very interested to talk about it. Um, but until then, if you enjoy what we do, as always, please, um, please uh, leave us a review, um, leave us a rating. You can follow us on social media at inst- um, at Instagram. Yes, at Instagram, um, mm-hmm. at horrorhouse underscore pod. And if you enjoy our video content and you like watching the YouTube um, videos, uh, hopefully you enjoyed last week's because um, I, I sort of jazzed up the video element. So, you know, put a little Horror House podcast on the screen, you know, put a little purple background in to match the uh, color of the logo and all that jazz. Um, but if you enjoy watching the YouTube stuff, subscribe, like, share, comment. Um, we we are very close to 100 subscribers and we would love to hit that before the year is out. Um, so get on it, get on it, get involved. Um, if you want to support us financially, there is the buy me a coffee link. You all know about the buy me a coffee link, so I don't think I need to go into great detail about it. Um, and I'm there getting, is the merch so, store. Dom, I forgot to tell you. <laughs> like okay. I did on my on my personal Instagram last night. I did a little thing where you send me a pickup line, and I let you know if it worked. And the Horror House coffee buy me a coffee link got a shout out in that. Yes, granted, what? it was a way to try and chat me up. <laughs> but essentially what they said was, how about instead of using the buy me a coffee link, I buy you a coffee in person. So to the person that sent me that, no, just use the link. Trust me, you'll have a better time. <laughs> no. It's, I'm, I'm terrible in real life. Trust me, it's so much easier oh. to just send money. Um, but thanks oh, anyway. <laughs> I mean, that's not true. Um, I very much enjoyed when you came down to visit. Um, I had a lovely time. Um, but if you if you do want to support us financially, as I say, there is the Buy Me A Coffee link. Um, and there's also the merch store, which, of course, still has 50% off. That will be running at least until the end of the year. Um, and free shipping. Um, and not a lot of places, very, very few places, not only do free shipping, but do 50% off and free shipping at the same time. So, come on. I'd be, I'd, I'm just I'd... too good. I'm just too good to be <laughs> um, So, before I, I go on rambling, um, until next time, as always, um, stay spooky, my friends. Stay spooky, people. Oh, I mentioned Lucy Letby. I'm basically going to get crucified again. <laughs> Deborah's going to be uh, Deborah's going to be on the on the prowl. She's going to 
She's yeah. got her fingers ready. Maybe that it, her keyboard? Was, it was <laughs> Debs that tried to riz me up on the... Uh, Maybe. Maybe that was the case. <laughs> hey, Debs, if you want to take me out for a coffee, just ask, babe. You know, you know where I am. 